Welcome to Chasing the Upside, conversations about living the FPL life. Today, my guest is FPL veteran and co-host of the amazing Above Average podcast, Adam Currier. Our chat explores how Adam leans into the emotion of the game, the debate on eye test versus data, and Adam tells me what the best piece of FPL advice he has ever been given. Adam Currier, welcome to Chasing the Upside. How are you? I'm good, Ben. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well. I'm very well, thank you. Very well. Um, I've just listened to your uh, last podcast that you released, uh, well, literally a few hours ago um, in audio. Um, and yeah, it was it was a brutal, <laughs> quite a funny episode because it was, I know this is, who, who knows when people are going to be listening to this because this is sort of an evergreen chat, but it was a brutal uh, game week for the template, I think. Everybody completely had terrible weeks um so yeah it was uh it was good to hear you know when you have a really bad week it's nice to hear that everybody else has quite a bad week so <laughs> probably not the best way to look at it but anyway no no i agree i mean sometimes i mean we find that the best way to almost get over a bad week is actually just to have a discussion about it yeah. and you know we're not your ordinary you know clean as a whistle type podcast so you know we we lean on the fact that we are mates and, you know, we're one of the few podcasts where we're born out of, you know, friendship prior to FPL uh, and played it casually as mates. So, you know, we lean on that. We enjoy things that football fans enjoy and that's a beer and a, you know, and some food and, a, you know, we enjoy golf ourselves as well. So that's kind of cool. And so we're just kind of guys that just chat more than anything. So when you have bad game weeks, sometimes you just want to have a chat with someone. You just want to have a chat with your mates. You want to have a beer with your mates. And sometimes you just want to get a few things off your chest. And we just, we feel like we can have that on the podcast. And if it brings entertainment to others, that's, that's great. And we want people to sort of join in that, that, that kind of thing. And in fairness, it wasn't actually as bad um, a podcast as probably we thought it was going to be. Um, I think we were sort of very sort of hyped up beforehand, but once we got speaking about it, it was, uh, it, it was fine. Have you over the? We'll come to where where you started um, with FPL shortly. But just on on the subject of bad game weeks, has over the years has your response to them changed? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, like football is an emotive sport for me, and you know, so I still do take those emotions into FPL, but nowhere near as uh, uh, as bad as I used to. I mean, again, having the soundboards, having the the sensible managers around you that can that can sort of just balance things for you a little bit i kind of feel like i've got that release to have a chat whereas previously i'd be on my own kind of little echo chamber my mini leagues would be there and i'm like ah you know this has frustrated me because i've made a decision to try and get ahead and i'm playing against a different field now really i mean obviously i'm still wanting to do well in these mini leagues but you know being involved in a community where it's kind of the overall thing you've got a lot of big of a playing field so actually you're not ever do really doing as bad as you think you are. And that's that's something just to keep in mind, I think, as well, when you do have some bad game weeks. So has it softened me? So yeah, I, I would definitely say so. It's funny you mentioned <clears throat> mini leagues there, because that's how I, I mean, I started not so much at FPL, but it was Sun Dream Team back in the, back in the day. Yeah. And, that, um, and I didn't really pay too much attention to the overall league at all, because it was all about beating your mates. And then you get, sort of sucked into the sort of Twitter community and Twitter echo chamber, which maybe again, we'll talk about later. 
has its huge positives, but also huge negatives in terms of you fear of missing out, basically seeing all these people that are, that are very good managers doing the same thing. And it takes, um, yeah, it takes quite a lot of balls to sort of think, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with what I think this week. Um, and obviously yeah. if it goes wrong, um, it's, um, it's even worse, but um, yeah. Have you got any thoughts on that about sort of potentially going against the crowd how good are you at going against crowd and actually making the decisions for for you i'd say i was a lot better previously at that as well so i'd experience more highs um but i'd also experience more lows and i'm definitely somewhere in the middle now but what i do do is i try and take advantage i do try and take advantage where there are small gaps and where i see information that you know maybe benefits the way that i play the game which is kind of more aggressive than than i guess your 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 average uh, well, not even your average, actually, just your your normal FPL Twitter kind of manager in my eyes that will be very logical and, you know, they'll take lots of information in and then there's reasonable decision making. And then there's a whole other community looking at maximizing EV, which is, you know, if you want to play the game that way, then 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 absolutely fine. But that kind of isn't just isn't for me. And yeah, I think you can get sort of paralysis by an over analysis and whatever it's called. I don't like to be in that space. And if I ever do find myself in that space and I make a decision based on that, it actually annoys me even more. Um, actually, you know, taking a decision that maybe is against what I would ordinarily have done. A good example is, I mean, we've just come off the back of um, game week five in the, you know, in the 23-24 season. And so that was a potential wildcard opportunity for me. And I looked at it at the start of the international break and I was, you know, I was maybe only like 30 or 40% there, but you know, there was enough in my mind that was like, this could be a good opportunity, good fixtures, et cetera, et cetera. And then didn't go there. And then it just went wrong this game week. And I don't feel so bad about the game week score itself, because I think my game week score wouldn't have been much better, maybe 10, 10 points, which actually in the grand scheme of things would have been quite a lot in this week, but I'd have been already much better set up for the following weeks. And I feel that's why I've basically triggered and, and, and hit the wildcard button now. And just that's 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 where I am. So I'm quite impulsive in that in in that way. I'm not afraid to 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 make that decision. And so that's where I am now. The the old rage wildcard. I've heard of um, rage transfers, but that's that's taking it <laughs> that's taking it even further. Yeah, yeah. Full full reset. Full reset. <laughs> um, talking about wildcards, um, is oh well, I suppose. Before I ask that, let's go back. Um, to where you started with FPL, and then I'm going to throw forward to to the, the wildcard now because I think it sure. has some relevance. So yeah, where where where's a good start to begin um, with uh, with your sort of relationship with FPL? So I started playing according to the the, the site, and I'm pretty sure I must have had I must have changed email addresses or something like that because I had one of those I had one of those email addresses at university that you'd never use for your real job. So I'm pretty sure I had a few teams in that in that email address but since moving over to this one i've been in the game since 2011 um so and i've had a number of varying finishes i've had 29k back in 12 13 i had 11 and a half k in 2017 18 i've never hit that sort of holy grail of the top 10k and you know what that doesn't really bother me um but actually since started doing podcasting i actually got a little bit worse um, but I've kind of hovered around the 100 to 150k mark now, and I think that's comfortable. I mean, there's there are a lot of managers that are worse than me at this game, and you know I don't profess to be any kind of expert at this game. I just enjoy having a conversation about it. So 
whilst it's still like that for me, I'm happy just to continue doing the, the, the podcast stuff for sure. And so, but when I first started, I mean, we did, I did play this game and also I took it to my own football team. Cause I used to play football, uh, you know, league, uh, sort of county, not county level below that, but yeah, just a Saturday afternoon level. And we would, we would have our own fantasy points and stuff like that. We had three teams in our club. So you'd all get points for what you did. And, you know, we made sort of a side game of that and it would all be up on the website and all this sort of stuff. And it was all a lot of fun. And so, you know, it's not just fantasy in terms of FPL, um, you know, it's playing other side games as well. So as I say, like 12 years now, and, you know, I mean, pretty much, I mean, two or three of the mini leagues I've been in the entire time. And it's, you know, it's good fun battling against the same people every year. And I think I've won one of those, one of those mini leagues I've won once and it's always a battle. And, you know, I, I do love the mini league part of it. Well, that that's, that is the beauty I think of, of any fantasy game at FPL is that especially if you if you if you're quite an engaged manager you've you've got the the overall rank but then you've also and actually it can kind of um you can kind of hedge your bets and well, in fact listening to your podcast I know you hate hedging your bets however if you sometimes um if you've had a bad um, week in terms of overall rank but you're still doing okay in the mini league it, it, in your mini league it kind of softens it a bit doesn't it yeah yeah um but yeah so now so in that sort of 10 or 12 years that you've been doing it um and and we mentioned that you've you're wildcarding now have you noticed there's sort of a thread or commonalities with the decision making on when you actually do a wildcard is it through frustration or is it you know looking at the fixture swings or is it you know or have you sort of not given it too much thought honestly before I would never plan more than three or four weeks in advance prior to FPL Twitter, three or four weeks in advance was enough for me. And I'd be like, this is enough. This is enough information I need. And wild cards would come out either when I noticed a, a fixture that I particularly wanted to target or my team was a pile of crap to be quite honest. And so it wasn't, it wasn't really, um, there wasn't really much decision-making behind it. It was one or two, one or two situations. And if that situation occurred, Cool. I'll hit the wild card. Or if I've had three or four bad weeks, if I've had two or three bad, or three or four bad weeks, I'd just say, look, my whole team's rubbish. That's it. Move on. And it was very outcome biased, of course. Now, now I have more information at my fingertips, as does, as does everyone, actually. Everyone has more information now. Um, you know, we use things like fixture tickers, very, very simple. I mean, I still remember using the scout ones. So I used the fantasy football scout ones back in you know the old days 2011 12 etc but it would only be the ones on the front page i'd never have a membership so it'd only be the ones on the front page so you'd only get like five fixtures so that's all i'd ever be able to see and that's what i based them on and so now obviously i'm looking at longer horizons i'm looking when fixtures swing i'm looking at um you know underlying data of players as well and then you throw into the fact like i i had no idea when double game weeks were going to come they just kind of just got announced <laughs> and just like they just appeared and now it's like, right, so now I've got double game weeks. I've got blank game weeks. I know that the blank is likely to be in game week 30. There's, we know already there's a blank in game week 18 in this season. Doubles will be here in X, Y, and Z. And then like, right, now I've got wild card. I now need to consider like bench boost and like, where do I free hit? And there's so much more that goes into this decision now than just like my team's rubbish. Let's just change it up, um, which is 
which is weird because this is kind of the decision I've made today is that or yesterday is that my team's rubbish so I'm changing it up so maybe maybe going back to the old way might might suit me and uh yeah hopefully over the next few weeks that proves to be a proves to be a good decision what you said earlier is interesting in that your a few years ago you probably had your your best ranks and before the pod as well but if, and and with the pod obviously we'll, we'll discuss the pod later but with that you obviously take in a lot of information and there is an overwhelming amount of information so potentially there is something to be said for just simplicity in decision making in in working out how you want to play the game um and not overthinking it because that's the thing isn't it you can you can be a hundred percent on something and then hear a podcast or even see a tweet think oh hang on i hadn't even thought of that and then your mind starts racing so maybe there is something in that you know just keeping it simple yeah i mean i've seen people talk about having sort of clear defined set of rules of how to play the game um which is fine and you know there's obviously a large a large community now that you know, simply follow the data behind it and make, you know, they, they make their own decisions and they, they they tweak pieces of information within those models that, you know, suit their biases to some extent, but also, you know, trying to trying to find edges in other ways. I can't be so rigid. Okay. I just I just need to have kind of a dynamic look at it. And if it means that occasionally I make a bad decision that's, you know, pre-game week a bad decision, then okay if it gets a bad outcome then i'm annoyed if it gets a good outcome then i'm happy it's yeah it's that's the piece for me as i say it's an emotive thing for me so when good stuff happens i'm good when bad stuff happens i'm bad and that's just the way i've kind of grown up knowing football and uh, i still enjoy it in that way yeah absolutely how much how much time do you think it takes per per week and i that might be quite difficult because I know you do your podcasts and, and everything like that. But so day to day, you know, if you're if you're at work or you're doing other things, do you find FPL thoughts just sort of sneaking in, especially this week as a wild card maybe? But generally speaking, um, yeah, they can do it generally during the work day. Um, no, unless I'm unless it's podcast related, I'm not really thinking about it too much. In the evenings, definitely, I'll spend you know you know a bit of time. Even when I'm sort of watching TV, I might think of something like oh, I kind of need to put a draft together and then have a look at a couple of things. I probably don't spend as much time planning as as other managers, in truth. And I think being in this podcast arena space, whatever you want to call it, actually helps that because I do actually look at stuff for the podcast that then just you know filters ideas through through my mind. And then I speak to Baker every day. So, you know, Baker, my my partner in crime on the podcast. Yep. So, you know, we do we do converse every day. So that that as well, you know, gives me some um gives me some thoughts. And, you know, I'm able to use him as a soundboard. Sometimes that works. Sometimes I hate having him as a soundboard because he's too logical. But um yeah. I don't know. I mean, on a weekly basis, I would say probably outside of podcast, I probably spend maybe one to two hours thinking about it. It's not it's not taking over um, in truth. It's not overly. Has it um, has it ever? 
just because I know that when I first, I haven't been doing, as I said, like dream team was my sort of thing for a year. And I literally just saw it as picking a team for a season and then a bit of banter. But ever since being into FPR, I found it so much more addictive because of everything around it. And at the start, I was thinking, well, okay, well, I am thinking about it a bit too much now. Um, so is it is that something that you have struggled with over the years or is it are you very good at balancing the whole thing out and, and you know keeping it very separate uh, i'd say i'm probably okay at keeping it separate you know i do i mean what it does do again though being again it does lean into if i wasn't doing the podcast i wouldn't watch the amount of games that i watch that's that's for sure i definitely watch more football um and i do love watching football so that's not it doesn't feel like a hardship to me um does it mean that occasionally I probably watch more Tottenham even at a three o'clock than I, than I used to. I think that's probably true. And that probably, you know, is something that I prioritize in my, in my life outside of work. And, you know, I do have a family, so I do have to make sure that they're prioritized as well. But even sometimes, you know, Tottenham will be factored into when we, when we do things at the weekend and stuff like that. Um, but no, no other games will come into that. If I'm able to watch the game, then, then great. If I'm not, then I'm not. Um, but I definitely do watch more football now. But as you say, that's more maybe, but that is more because of the pod, because you have to, you, you can't, I suppose you can't really rock up on a Sunday evening um, having not watched or even got a good understanding of what happened because people are tuning in to hear about what you think about those games. Correct. Um, Correct. I mean, yeah, you, you can't, you can't fly by the skinny of your pants on those, on those things on a Sunday evening. People want to understand, you know, what your takes are from the football that's been played and, you know, a lot of people haven't been able to watch the the games at three o'clock and they haven't been able to watch a match of the day. And there's people abroad that because of the times, they just don't get time to watch the games. So they want to know what happens. They want to know the important bits about the football. They want to know the important bits that are relevant to FPL as well. So yeah, it is important that we've got a handle on, um, on what's going on now. I, you know, ad admittedly we can't watch every game. So, you know, occasionally there is, you know, we take, some of the data and you know we watch the highlights and maybe even it's a short short set of highlights so the goals and then a couple of things but the data does also give us a sort of a narrative as to how a game has progressed how a game has gone we can see through um a lot of the really good data that's on online on on twitter or x at the moment and you can build a picture of how the game progressed xg plots are great field tilts are great then you you throw in things simply like heat maps and um, past networks and even then you just look at substitutions and then suddenly you've got this picture about how the game kind of kind of played out so you watch like uh, um, I don't know like at the weekend McAllister came off after 45 minutes and you know we knew last week he was out playing over in Bolivia and you know then Gakpo scores comes off and Darwin comes on and then the whole game just like elevates in Liverpool's favour and so whilst you know, maybe we didn't get to watch the whole game. We kind of understand how the substitutions have impacted the game. And, you know, we saw a lot of that from like uh, Thomas Frank last year, Brentford, Brendan Rogers at, at Leicester, like perfect examples of how, you know, even not watching the game, you can see how decisions that are being made can impact the game and how that's good for us. And then we just need to interpret that and how that's good for FPL. And then that's kind of a niche thing that we can we can do and you know as you say get out on a sunday evening and you know it's fresh in everyone's minds as they as they go into their work week mm. would you say um you put more weight on the on the data all things being equal 
um, if you've got a decision to make and the eye test is saying something very different to potentially what the data is, do you do you lean on one side or the other or does it or does it vary? No, it does. It does vary. I mean, I think I think I need to use data to support what I'm seeing um, primarily. I think that. How can I put it? Um, there's certain parts of the game as well that if you don't use your eyes, you'll miss. And so not every data point is collected on the football pitch. So, you know, goals that are offside, for example, like that is not a data point apart from its offside. There's no, there's no, okay, Nunes was on goal, through on goal. He took it around the keeper and there's a 0.9 XG chance like that. Not, not 0.9. It doesn't exist anymore in, in, in the space. Uh, the XA is gone. Um, the threat has gone. Every, everything's got the key pass has gone. Like all these, all these things are not captured. You know, I don't know. Um, min son dives in at the back post and just misses it by an inch. Like that's not captured. So you do need to have, um, you need to use your eyes to see what's going on in the games and, you know, combine that with the data that you're seeing to make a decision. I think that has to be true for almost every decision. And yeah, I think that's like, like with most things in life, I think the, the truth is somewhere in the middle, isn't it? And if you can, if yeah. you can use the data and if you can use the eye test um, and what you said at the very start is if the data backs up what you're seeing, perfect. Um, but the beauty of it is, is that, you've still it's not a science i mean we've seen this season with with um jackson what's been happening with and, and i've been very lucky i haven't owned him at all <laughs> um i've had watkins um and so the assist merchant which is even more frustrating in some ways but um like everything in terms of data and even the eye test of him missing good chances are pointing to him being incredible at some point or him hauling but you just it, you just never know it, it could just be one of those players that um gets in these positions and, and just doesn't have the doesn't have the technique or it doesn't haul basically it's it's one it's one of those i mean you know if we're going to specifically for jackson i think you know his time will come and i don't think i don't think that it's necessarily the fact that he's a bad finisher i don't know his numbers from his previous club but i know i'm aware that they were you know he was slightly above average as a finisher so i think he outperformed his xg just um, but again, like he's only had really a dozen starts. And so there's not really a huge data sample to take on that. And if we're going to say, if we're going to base this decision on, on data, I would lean more towards small sample size than, than anything here. And yeah, look, he's getting in the right positions. And so I just feel it will come. It just has to, I mean, like professional footballer, you just have to be able to score some of those. That just has to happen at some point. And he'll, He'll score one or two. You know, Darwin's pretty much the same as well. Yeah, you know, he's the, he will just collect XG for fun. And, and yeah, so th their time will come, but it will come at a time where, you know, nobody owns him because we've all kind of moved off him. And that's just, that's kind of like Sod's law of FPL, to be honest. Yeah. That's how, that's how it will work. Well, yeah. I mean, the choice is if you don't want that to happen, you just hold for the whole season yeah. and then just dine out on that game week where he gets a hat trick. Yeah. Um, and but by that time, your 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 game week rank will be in the millions. Your opportunity so. cost your opportunity cost would have killed you by then. Absolutely, <laughs> so it's not worth it. Yeah. Um. Excellent. So we we've mentioned the pod a couple of times. Um. And I've yeah I tune in, in I tune in every week. Love it. Um. 
and you've sort of spoken a bit about how it gets you, you know, very engaged with football because of that. Um, has it has it changed your relationship with the, with FPL at all? I mean, I suppose in a parallel universe, if you didn't have the pod, would you still be following FPL as much, or would you be as engaged, or would you would you see it more of a, a mini league thing? I suppose like you used to. So. I'm not sure whether you were going to ask me sort of the origination of the pod, because I think it might be worth sort of bringing this in at the yeah, same yeah, time. Absolutely. But yeah, so we can cover that. So, you know, as I said, I played FPL for, for years. I've known Baker for about eight years. And, you know, every year I knew him up until I think it was probably 18, 19. You know, I beat him comfortably, like comfortably beat him. Now, we we met for an online game and basically the casual part of that game got boring for both of us. And because I was beating him in FPL, he went, right, how the hell do I beat him? And so he went off searching like how to, how to be better at it. And I didn't even realize this community existed. And then, you know, he kind of fell into it and then suddenly he beat me. And I was like, what the hell, how the hell has this happened? Like last season, I was telling him not to make keeper transfers, trying to help him out. And this season he's smashed me by like 300 points. And I'm like, this just, this makes no sense. Anyway. So I found out he'd been, he'd been, sneaking out on me on the uh on the old fpl twitter community and learning actually how to play the game and so that's when i kind of got involved and kind of just started to um i think this was 1920 covid season and this was before the podcast even existed and then the last when we had project restart those last eight weeks for me were were some of the best i've had i think i moved from about 600k into the top 100k over those eight weeks and it was fantastic i had martial hat tricks and all sorts of stuff it was brilliant and so um yeah that's kind of how it started and you know i don't think i don't think i would have even been involved in the fpl community if that hadn't have happened and if that hadn't have happened then the podcast wouldn't have existed and you know we wouldn't be doing what we're doing today so would my relationship be fpl be different yeah i'd probably still be in the mini leagues that i'm in um but i probably just wouldn't be as good and i wouldn't be and maybe it is also difficult as well because all the new information um all the all the data and all that sort of stuff has really only come in the last five years as well so you know would i have moved with it probably to some extent i don't think i would have you know memberships to scout and hub and fpl review and you know and be on all these sites all the time uh, i don't think i would be no but I, i'd probably be a little bit more engaged than i was before um but so yeah, it has changed the relationship I have with FPL. It's changed the relationship I have with football as well, completely. So sounds like it's changed the relationship with Baker as well. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's, I mean, he's the thing is now he's very, he's very good at keeping a level head and very logical and and is quite dull in the way he plays the game. And it turns out that dull means good, and dull will never mean great. And that's that's kind of like what I'm hoping. Uh, unless you're Rich Clark, I think is probably the is probably the the um, and Fabio Borge perhaps, yeah. and then yeah, there's there's some outliers, but um, you know you just look at some of the winners in particular of of FPL, and they generally go on to have pretty average seasons afterwards. And that's not to say that that's not, that's, to, that's just because there's a huge amount of luck in the game. And um, you know I'm not knocking anybody that's won this thing; it's almost impossible to do so. so. Yeah, yeah. But I'm looking for that opportunity opportunity to be excellent rather than that opportunity to be you know good every season so would you prefer if we fast forward five seasons 
would you prefer to be top 100 for one season and then all the others be i don't know in the millions or would you prefer to be 25k 50k 175k back down to 85 so really really consistent or would you prefer that boom bust kind of no, i'd take the 100 give me give me the give me the top 100 give me the top 50 give me that one because that's that's the one that i dine on for as long <laughs> as i need to like you know you can't you can't ever you can't ever say to your mates like oh i finished top 100k like 12 times like okay cool man well done well good for you like but you can say like i, I finished 20th in the world and then like that's there forever like 20th in the world is just ridiculous but like, 50th yeah. in the world top 100 in the world like it's 11 million people like no nah, don't don't give me the top 25ks i mean i'd love a top 25k don't get me wrong <laughs> my ranks haven't quite been there yet but not recently but now give me give me the top 20 give me the top 50 give me the top 100 give me that once in the next five years and i'll take two million ranks i'll dine on those that's fine no but that makes perfect sense with your decision making process yeah. isn't it because it is aggressive and 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 when when you take those kind of there's so many analogy there's it's so similar to poker i don't know how much you play poker or if, if you play poker at all yeah but um and i and i did you know about 10 15 years ago i quite got quite into it and there's so in terms of decision making process there's so many similarities in terms of style of player style of manager tight and aggressive or you know really really loose um yeah and um yeah i mean I I, I'd, I'd much rather be i'd much rather be if you said 25k 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 and you you use that as an equivalence to poker making money i would take that because making money in poker sounds more fun than the one win yeah like yeah. continuously because because the game's fun but um yeah well i don't know actually now you've said that you want to put a world series of poker bracelet on my on my yeah, wrist exactly and exactly you want that on the <laughs> trophy cabinet yeah that's very true that's yeah, very true exactly um how do we get to world series of poker um so, <laughs> so um just before a well firstly thank you for, i know how busy you are with with everything um so firstly uh, a big thank you for taking the time out um to to speak with me i really appreciate it um, we've got the final final two questions um, and the first one is you might have mentioned it with your with your hat tricks earlier on but your favorite ever your champagne moment of fpl um, what's the first thing that comes to mind when i say that so i had to think about this a lot of people talk about do you remember when in 2014 in game week 10 when so and so did this and i'm like no i don't remember that i actually do not remember that at all and it just shows you how like being in this community, this Twitter community, you know, allows you to remember these things because, you know, when, since I've been in the Twitter community, it's like, yes, I can remember when I captained Havertz and he scored three points in a seven nil win and didn't get any returns. And Salah went away to Man United and scored 20 or points. And I got absolutely ruined. I remember captaining Trent in a double game week uh, when Salah scored at home against Norwich in a one nil win. And then, I remember those things now that I'm in the community. So I had to think back to one. I had a few good ones. I mean, I couldn't give you the 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 Kevin De Bruyne 30-pointer in a double game week. I had him as captain that week, took 60 points from that. That was great. But I think my favorite moment, and I had to recall when it was, and it, I thought it was when it was, but I had to just confirm it, was when I had Patrick Van Arnholt in the last three weeks of the 17-18 season. Um and I brought him in, I think I brought him in with like five weeks to play. And in those last three weeks, he scored 
Um, he scored in game week 36 and 37. And then I think I captained him in 38 when he scored 18 points. I scored, 100 and, scored 115 points or something that week. And I won the one mini league that was like the biggest mini league for me to win. Like my work, my, my, not my work hardcore mini league. I won that mini league and that was my 11K finish. And I don't, don't get me wrong. I have no idea where I was before that 11K finish. I don't know whether I was like 60K, 70K, whatever it was, but it must've been a huge jump. So yeah, Patrick Van Arnhol, 18 pointer in, in um, game week 38 of 2017, 18. That's probably my favorite FPL moment. That's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just quickly before we go on to the last question, you meant we've talked about mini leagues a bit. Have you noticed that within the mini leagues, your work colleagues who ordinarily would just chuck a team out and forget about it um, and have five injured players halfway through the season? Um, have you found that even they are, know a bit more about the game? So the actual level of FPO is is raised. Uh, so uh, the company that I'm in at the moment, I've only been there for a year, so I don't really know about those okay. th- those guys. But th- the only other one that I'm in, the, the work league that I was in for my old company, honestly, the guy that's won it four or five times, you know, he's a he's a top 1,000 all-time manager uh, and very quiet about it. You know, he makes just makes good decisions. Yeah. Like this week, he's got he's got like Salah and Alvarez and stuff. Like he just makes calm decisions and just just and just doesn't like bad players from bad teams. So he won't chase like your loot and players in a double. He won't chase that because he's like, well, I've got Salah. Like Salah's a good player, great player. Um, I'd rather just have him. I don't want to captain Son because that's just stupid because I've got Haaland. He's the best player in the league. So just I'll captain him. Yeah, so he just makes sensible decisions out of habit. And I think he previously, you know, burned back to like 2012, 2013, etc. I'm pretty sure he was probably a lot more invested in things like scout before I even really knew the sort of the depths of it and understanding how it really worked. So I think he has a very, very good understanding. There's, there's two or three people in that league that are very, very good consistently. And then there's me and trying to get better um, and trying to surpass them. But, you know, like, like any other mini league, like all mini leagues will have one or two that, you know, will just peak in a season and, you know, they become very difficult to beat. So we go back two years, three years and there was uh the season where basically Kane and Son um you know just pivoted between goals and assists between the two of them and in our sort of sort of little Tottenham WhatsApp group that we got Kane blanked in week one against Everton I think we lost one nil um so then me and me and Baker both transferred Kane out done and I can't remember where we went to but what happened then is we went to Southampton and Son scored four and Kane assisted four, or Kane scored four and Son assisted four. And we didn't have either of them. And all of our Spurs mates had both. And so you just found after about five game weeks, Tottenham fans were just on top of the world. Like literally all the overall ranks were Spurs fans. It was absolutely nuts. Um, I'd add that one of my mates, Captain Calvert-Lewin in game week three, and he scored a hat-trick in that week. So yeah, he finished like 1K. Like, I've never been anywhere near 1K. Um, and I'll tell you, this guy's, this, this guy's ranks are pretty, pretty rank, <laughs> like, 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 like overall, I mean, I'll, I'm just pulling it up on my screen now, but, um, you know, he finished 913k, then he finished 1k, then 710k and then 1.7 million. Like, so, wow. 
he's just a very he's a very sort of Tottenham biased manager. Doesn't pick Arsenal players. Doesn't pick Chelsea players. Doesn't like picking West Ham players. You know, and that season where Kane and Son just went back to back. You know, he smashed it <laughs> because there's always someone that will peak in your mini league. There's always someone that will peak. But why that's really interesting is it goes back to 10 minutes ago when we were saying five seasons with you on a top 1K and all the rest complete trash. Um, and, and he's got that forever. He he can say he's he was in, he had an incredible rank. Yeah. Um, wow, that's amazing. Where, where do you think the, the divide is? Um, and I don't think anyone really knows because I think there's too many moving parts um, with regards to skill and luck. Wow. Um... Sorry, I just said it was going to be our last question and I just chucked No, that that's fine. No, 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 that's fine. And I think maybe this kind of leads back to what you were saying about poker. I think a lot of it, I think a lot of the game is skill. I'd, I'd probably say about, I'd probably, I'd probably say about 65% is skill. And okay. then I'd say the 35% luck you need to get to the proper upper echelons is, is, needs to be there. But you also need to make sure that you, uh, and this is to quote Late Riser. Um, so if anyone doesn't know Late Riser in the community, go and follow him at Late Riser 12. And he, just very well says you need to put yourself in a position to get lucky without putting yourself in a position to get screwed basically. And if you can do that more often than not, then, you know, when Foden scores a hat trick or Foden scores two, cool. You got lucky, but look, you picked a good player and a good opportunity with a good fixture. And, you know, you put yourself in that position to get lucky. You didn't just get lucky. You made a conscious decision to get there. Mm. Um, so you could capture that, that luck and that, and that, and that hall. So, yeah, you, you have to be able to do it as well. You have to be able to be bold, bold enough to make those decisions to do so. Mm. Um, we will, we really will go on to the final question now. So there we go. So um, the I final... think I covered it. I think I covered it. I think that I think that statement is probably yeah. the best piece of FBI advice I've ever received. And Look I've at ever that. Seen. You're, like, you're such a pro. You're such a pro. It is. It is that. It's put yourself yeah. in a position to get lucky without putting yourself in a position to get screwed. And to be honest, that is probably the best advice that that i've seen out there yeah it's true it's true um yeah i love that okay what a perfect way to end it you just answering the question two for one two for one at the end there Happy we days. go there we go um adam thank you so much for for joining me today i've had a i've had a really nice conversation 